Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to this special 2017 Total Solar Eclipse edition of the Observer's Notebook. It's the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook. In this series of special podcasts, we are talking to representatives of various locations within the U.S. on their planned activities that they have scheduled for the great 2017 Total Solar Eclipse that's going to be on August 21st. The Association of Lunar Planetary Observers is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. If you'd like more information on the ALPO or would like to join, you can do that for as little as $14 a year. For more information, visit us on the internet at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And now, on to the special edition of the Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the special edition of the Observer's Notebook podcast. This is a series we're doing on the total solar eclipse. And today we have a representative from St. Joseph, Missouri, and uh, Michael Bakich. He's also senior editor and photo editor of Astronomy Magazine and author of the book Your Guide to the 2017 Total Solar Eclipse. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for asking me to join you. No problem. Why don't you give us a little background about... The location, St. Joseph, Missouri. Okay, so uh, got to take you back almost 20 years to when my wife and I got married. Okay. Uh, my wife's parents live in St. Joseph, Missouri. And the, as, as I joke, the first thing I thought of when we got married <laughs> was, uh, you know, that they live there. That her father is a chef-quality cook. And, oh, my goodness, you know, the path of the 2017 eclipse passed through there, and we were going to have a party, you know, at their house, the likes of which nobody's ever seen. (laughs) So the years went on, and more and more people got invited to this party, and finally I decided, you know what, my entire adult life has been turning people on to the wonders of astronomy. How can this be any different? I can't just you know, sequester myself in somebody's yard and, uh, you know, watch it from a chair. So uh, my wife was chatting with her parents one night, and I said, well, let me chat with whoever is on the phone. And it was her mother, and I explained a little bit about the eclipse and about, you know, the great location that St. Joseph was, and that I was thinking of, of holding an event at the airport there, because that would be just perfect. And I asked her if she knew anybody, you know, that was associated with the airport. And her answer was, I might. I'm on the board. Oh, my goodness. So I'd forgotten that she was a pilot. And so um, my wife and I prepared a three or four page PDF, sent it to her. She printed it out, distributed it at the next board meeting, and they approved the event almost four years 
you know, before it's actually going to happen. Oh, my so it was, it was pretty much one of the first uh, events to be uh, formalized in the States. That's fantastic. So what's the population of St. Joseph? St. Joseph is roughly 87,000, not quite 90,000 people. And so when you, when you think of that number, you might think, well, that airport can't be very large. It is large because actually it's a National Guard base. And so they fly the big C-130 transports out of there. So they've got a runway that's 8,100 feet long. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now, of course, uh, as you know and probably many of your listeners, setting up on a runway in mid-August Probably not a good idea. No, a little warm. heat and everything like that. Plus, the runway needs to... The guard doesn't actually fly on Mondays when, when the eclipse is, so that's good. But the runway still has to be open just in case of emergencies, things like that. Fortunately, just to the west of the runway, there is this huge grassy area that they refer to as the drop zone. And it's where the guard... Dro- uh, practices dropping in supplies to emergency victims. And so uh, that they've set aside uh, more than 50 acres for us just for the eclipse. And, uh, I mean, if I had a team of engineers to design a site for this uh, event, it couldn't have been any more perfect than this airport. Well, that sounds great. That's now, How many people are you expecting in? <laughs> you know, you can ask that. Across the country. Uh, And I have. (laughs) Absolutely nobody knows. Mm -hmm. So the airport manager is hoping only 50,000 people show up. But to be perfectly honest, it could be five times that many. You just don't know. Very easily, yeah. What about hotel accommodations and lodging and things like that? How do you know the percentage of booking so far and what's available? I do. I've been in touch with pretty much the whole time with the uh, St. Joseph Convention and Visitors Bureau. And so right now, St. Joseph is right at about 85% occupancy. Uh, They've got, as I recall, something like 1,600 hotel rooms. Now, St. Joseph is 40 miles from Kansas City. Kansas City has 25,000 hotel rooms. Uh, I don't know the occupancy rate there, but I would imagine it's creeping up there. So um, there are still places to be had in St. Joseph. The, uh, the people at the Convention and Visitors Bureau recommend that you don't, don't go to a place like uh, Trivago online or something like that because all of those rooms that were allocated to those sites have been taken up long ago. You really need to call the hotel directly to find out if there are any rooms. Okay, all right. Uh, what type of weather predictions do you have for the area? So, <clears throat> let's imagine that I have a superpower. <laughs> I can create a total solar eclipse, but just above St. Joseph and just on August 21st. So, how many total solar eclipses would we have seen in the recent past? In the past 20 years, we would have viewed 19 of those solar eclipses. Oh my now, that's not a promise. That's not a guarantee because no matter where you are, weather is you know a, a, a unpredictable system until you get really close. You know, right now 
we're really talking about climate, and there's a big difference between climate, you know, the overall trends, and weather, what's going to happen on that day. But as the kids say, it's trending well. Okay, good. Well, that's that's, that's comforting. <laughs> um, what about transportation in and around city? Okay, so from Kansas City northward, uh, there's an interstate. I-29 runs through St. Joseph. There's also a U.S. highway, uh, U.S. 36, that runs east-west through St. Joseph. So the access to the city is quite good. Okay. And what about meals and things like that for the, the 50,000? Now, you're, you're talking about the airport will be the central location of the Eclipse, right? That's right. Uh, Rosecrans Memorial Airport. Now, other locations in the city will host events. There's a big nature center there, and even the mall is going to have some things for people to view the events, probably for locals, you know, that would rather stay off the roads, and I can certainly understand that. In fact, Anybody that's living in St. Joseph, I'm just recommending that they watch it from their backyard. And one of the ways they'll be able to do that is because um, my wife and I usually visit there during Thanksgiving. Okay, We can spend the whole week, and we only have to take three vacation days. So we were down there this past Thanksgiving, and I met with the general manager and uh, operations managers of uh, four radio stations down there. My hope was to work with a radio station to be able to broadcast during the eclipse, you know, and let people certainly at the airport and even around the area know uh, what's going on. <laughs> Much to my surprise, all four stations are going to simulcast my broadcast, and we're going to start, well, we'll start in the morning with little snippets, and then about an hour before the eclipse to probably 20 or 30 minutes after, we will be on and it will be just the eclipse that we're talking about. So a lot of people will have uh, access to the information of what's happening, how to correctly view it, and lots of other things uh, based on our radio broadcasts. Oh, that's great. Now, the, the, the event specifically is at the but the one you're focusing on is at the airport. Right. That's correct. Okay. So and the ways of meals and comfort facilities and things like that, are those being brought in, or how, how are you facilitating that? Okay, first and most important, porta-potties. Got it. <laughs> you know, the airport is large enough that they have done some fairly sizable air shows there, mm-hmm. and so they, they pretty much have this down. So porta-potties will be there, a lot of them, and also they uh, are having vendors come in. Uh, to sell water, to sell soft drinks, to sell food. Um, Now, we don't know how many people are going to be there. So my recommendation to people is, you know what? A case of water costs about two, three bucks. Buy a case of water, throw it in the trunk of your car. Hopefully you won't need it, but at least you won't dehydrate, you know, August 21st. I'm less concerned about food. We're not going to starve even if we don't eat the whole day. But, uh, you know, you can have, especially the elderly, can have some health problems if they don't get enough water during the day. Very true, very true. And parking is going to be at the airport. So parking, uh, they have set aside a number of acres for parking, for primitive camping, and for RV parking. Um, So there's no uh, running water and no sewer um, uh, outlets for RVs, but you can reserve 
both a camping spot up to two days ahead and an RV spot up to two days ahead. And parking, now the, the event itself is free, okay. but the airport is putting a lot of resources into this. So early on, they asked me if they thought, if, if I thought people would mind, you know, if they charge for parking. I said, absolutely not. You know, this they understand that, you know, you're doing a lot for this. So they are charging for parking. That's really the only fee to get into the airport. Okay, and the camping sites? There's also, a- uh, you know, they, they do have a charge for those and uh, and for the RV parking. Now, is that and, information on their website? That, that's fair. And a lot of them have been booked already, so nobody's having a problem with that. Okay, is all the parking and camping information on your website? It is. Okay, so I will add a link to that in the show notes so everyone can just click there and look and see what's going on in St. Joseph. That's great. So no fee to attend, basically. That's correct, it's, you know, except the parking. Okay, now is this a one-day event, or are you going to try to turn it into a weekend event? <laughs> well, you know, St. Joseph does an annual event that uh, highlights their, uh, their place in history as where the Pony Express started. And, you know, also where Jesse James was uh, finally rounded up and killed. And uh, so they call those the Trail West Days. And it just happened for, for years in advance that this is the weekend that they're having Trails West. So there is going to be a lot, both eclipse-oriented and non-eclipse-oriented, going on throughout St. Joseph during the Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before you know, Monday's eclipse. Oh, that's great. Now, are you, are you recommending people get there before, obviously, Monday? Absolutely. Because okay. uh, traffic I, going I, into that town should be pretty tell me, You know, even, even as close as Kansas City, when they tell me, yeah, I'm just going to get up in the morning and drive up to St. Joe, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I worry about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, you know, Interstate 29, although a fairly good artery, could turn into a parking lot and people could be you know out of luck that's true that's true what type of events do you have planned for that time besides the the travels west the um i'll be speaking at on the main stage at trails west at least saturday morning and then the college in saint joseph is sponsoring a a four-part lecture series where Myself, two other eclipse experts, and uh, a local meteorologist from Kansas City are all going to do short lectures, and we're going to do them uh, starting at uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and ending at 4 o'clock, and we'll each do, we'll do uh, uh, two sets of four. We'll each do our lectures twice, and they're fairly short lectures, 20, 25 minutes with plenty of time for questions afterward. I believe Mike Reynolds, uh, the director of the ALPO, is coming up there, too. That is correct. Okay. Mike is a very good friend of mine. Oh, fantastic. We co-wrote an astronomy lab uh, manual together, and he will be right next to me. And he is one of the lecturers, that's right, during the uh, during that session. He's a good guy. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Now, are you coordinating with other organizations? I have, for about the past two years, put out calls to many other astronomy clubs, and lots of them are coming to help. You know, amateur astronomers are 
very outgoing. Mm -hmm. They love to show people their telescopes, you know, cameras, everything like that, and what's going on in the sky. So I've encouraged astronomy clubs to come and set up at the airport. A lot of them are going to bring like a tour bus and they've reserved an RV spot. So they'll park there and then set up their telescopes around that in their area and people will be able to walk by and, hey, come take a look at the sun. Oh, very cool. Yeah, that would be great. Has NASA gotten involved with this at all? Uh, NASA will be mainly broadcasting out of Carbondale, Illinois. Okay. So although there may be some NASA people there, uh, this uh, St. Joe will not be the main site. They wanted the Carbondale site because it's the intersection of the two uh, upcoming eclipses in the United, total solar eclipses in the United States right. in 2017 and then again in 2024. That's pretty cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I work for NASA so Goddard, and I know they're... For in Carbondale, I'm not too sure about the weather there. I'm going to be in Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I work for NASA Goddard, and I know NASA's assigning astronomers to different sites going going into the eclipse. Great. Yeah. Is there any other additional information you'd like to share with our listeners? Wow. I think we've covered a lot of the main things. You know, it's just, uh, as I always say, whenever I speak, and I've given somewhere upwards of 80 talks now on the eclipse, it's all about totality. Mm-hmm. You know, a partial eclipse is okay if it's just a partial eclipse, but if if it's at all possible... Get into the path of totality, because you won't just see it, you will experience it. This obviously is not your first total solar eclipse. No, this will be number 14, and uh, I'm still as excited about this one as I was about the first one. In fact, more, because I wasn't sure what was going to happen on the first one. Mm. Now you're the the sage professional on this. (laughs) Talk, Talk a little bit about your book. Well, the book was uh, one of the first books to come out about the eclipse, and um, I just decided that, you know, I'd, I'd already started a, uh, a podcast on iTunes, and so I had a lot of material that I generated already, and of course, working here at the magazine, <laughs> my first blog, believe it or not, about the eclipse was 1,500 days, 1,500 days before August 21st, 2017. And today, you know, when you and I are talking right now, this is day number 80 before. So I've been doing this for a long time. So I had a lot of um, material. material, (laughs) And I'd done, you know, five books previous to this one. So um, I kind of knew the routine, kind of knew that I could do this, and, uh, you know, just decided to start putting chapters together and... uh, you know, it's been pretty well received. Great. And the book, I believe, is on available on Amazon? It is. Amazon.com. Okay. Just search my last name, and uh, it'll be the first one that comes up. That sounds good. It's called Your Guide to the 2017 Total Solar Eclipse. Well, Michael, uh, how could everybody get a hold of you if they have questions? Well, just uh, email me at m underscore bakich, B-A-K-I-C-H, at yahoo.com. Or here at the magazine, mbockage at astronomy.com. One of the great email addresses in history. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I, li- I like my nasa.gov one, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. 
You're welcome, Tim. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I'd like to thank our special guest again, Michael Bakich, senior editor, photo editor from Astronomy Magazine, author of the book Your Guide to the 2017 Total Solar Eclipse, and coordinator of the Total Solar Eclipse events in St. Joseph, Missouri. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. We are also available on Google Play and Stitcher. You can help support this podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month. If you want to give more, up to $35 a month, you'll receive a one-year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. At this moment, I'd like to thank our three Patreon contributors, Matthew Will, Jason Inman, and Jerry White. Thank you, gentlemen, for contributing to the podcast. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is available in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at TimRobertson56. If you want to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $14 a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. You can also find the ALPO by searching ALPO Astronomy on Facebook. And we also have an Observer's Notebook page, so just search for Observer's Notebook up there on the top block. Again, the ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, eclipses, the moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available within the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.